fighting for freedom every day. They're learning at a young age. They're being taught the socialists control the ones that are blaming Republicans for being Nazis or being fascists, the ones that are promoting some type of cancel culture, the ones that are promoting some type of agenda of uh, shadow banning. Realize at a young age that, hey, sure, you can have your freedom of speech, but we can block your funding. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Indeed it is. What's up? It's our number two of the Voice of Reason's weekend edition broadcasting out of the heartland of America at the Hoosier Media Network Studios out of Wichita, Kansas. What's up? Great to have you along, and happy weekend to you, man. Recovering from the 4th of July shenanigans. I know you are. I know you're still recovering. That three days, when you have it in, when you have a holiday in the middle of the week and you have to come back, you're kind of in zombie mode. Just, I'm going to go into the trance, try and get the best that I can done, and then get the heck out because I want the weekend to really recover and prepare for the full-on. Next week's going to be the brutal one. When we have that full-on extended week. Welcome into the program. Uh, lots to cover in hour number two here. No guests this hour. You and I chit in the chat, doing the thing, and hopefully you've enjoyed so far. I know, man, it's been a weird summer. Can we admit that? It's been a little bit strange. The heat, I'm in Kansas, and usually by this time, the last couple of years, really most of the years that I've lived here in Kansas, by this time, it is about 105, and it's extremely dry, and it's extremely hot, and we've been going through a drought season for the last five or six years. It's been pretty brutal. This year, man, I have loved it. I was driving last night at about midnight, coming back from a movie, which we'll actually talk about in a little bit here, uh, because we did see that new movie, The Sound of Freedom. Fascinating. Chad, have you seen that movie? Have you seen The Sound of Freedom? I have not. I really want to, though. Yeah, that's a good one. Highly recommend that one. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit because it ties in with what was going on at the border. Our trip to the border that we had a couple weeks ago with Americans for Prosperity's Foundation and our tour at the Southern Wall and all the immigrants coming in. But it was really hot down there. But last night, man, we were driving home, I don't know, about midnight, 1230 or so. And it was a complete downpour with the most beautiful Kansas lightning storm that I've ever seen. Now, if you've never been to Kansas... If nothing else, I highly recommend you come out to the Mid-America region just to see a lightning storm around this time of year. Really, really awesome. However, looking at the headlines, there's apparently a lot of other heat streaks going on right now in Texas and Phoenix, Arizona, up to 120 degrees Fahrenheit. And it could be going on for 18 days straight. Dude, that's crazy. That's a long time to have that long of a hot streak. So I feel feel really bad for you guys now. The reason I bring this up, not just to talk about the weather like an old geezer trying to just laughing joke. That's a joke. You know, the old folks that are sitting there talking about the weather every single day. Uh, but there's a reason for it is because while we have the extreme heat and the extreme temperatures right now, there is a major push to obviously try to change our electric system across the nation to go to the Green New Deal, to try and get more windmills, to try and get more solar panels, to try and get more whatever else they want, to try and get us off of the evil natural gas and the coal and the gasoline, and everything else that they don't like. And the movement is causing a bigger problem than what they've anticipated because with more people consolidating onto the electric grid, including even restaurants where you can't apparently even have your uh, stove on natural gas any longer, you have to have an electric one, which, can I be honest, is terrible because you don't get quite the same flavor. You don't get quite the same flavor. We have a natural gas stove in our house, and I love it. It's way better. But it puts off toxins that could clog your lungs. <laughs> because apparently the uh, 100 years that we've used natural gas stoves in houses across the nation, we've all been just ingesting this and not dying, but it's been the worst, most horrible thing on the face of the earth. 
There's a new push by the Biden administration right now to try and go even further green as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just a couple months ago has reintroduced the Green New Deal. And for those that don't know what that was, it was pretty much a massive takeover of the private sector because they try to call us socialists or try to call it, I'm sorry, they try to call us Nazis and fascists while they at the same time push things like the Green New Deal that consumed the private market and industry and manufacturing and business of the private sector into the corporate uh, business side and public side for them to regulate, which is the literal definition of what fascism is by consuming the private economy into the public sector. But they don't see that. So, of course, they use the terms of Green New Deal and environmentalism, and they've used this push of the EPA and the Environmental Protection Agency as their front to try and consume the private market. Last year, the Supreme Court of the United States, when they did their major dump, ended up winning and taking a big hit on the EPA, saying they can't do a lot of what they've tried to do. So now they actually have to go through Congress. And what they're doing trying to go through Congress is they're trying to push this massive Green New Deal yet again. Oh, yes. Don't think it's ever going to go away here. Headline from Breitbart.com. Republican Attorney General blasts Biden administration's proposal on electric vehicle regulations. Andy, that didn't sound too fascist to me. Oh, really? Because I'm pretty sure that if you tell auto industries how to make vehicles, then you essentially own the industry, don't you? (laughs) Which they're already making the money off it. I mean, the government people that are actually approving everything, giving it the stamp of approval, saying it's okay, they're the ones getting half the patents, just like the vaccine industry and the big pharma, where the NIH and FDA officials... They make their living off of patenting certain vaccines or allowing them to go to market. Then they get a lifetime salary because as long as they're on the market and they continue to be mainstream. Same thing with the auto industry. According to Breitbart.com, auto manufacturing grew by 8.4% with light-duty new electric vehicle sales to 67%. This is the proposed rule by the Biden administration. They want all auto sales by 2032 at 67% levels to be all new electric vehicles. Meaning you're not going to be able to go out and get that nice big Jeep or that Hummer or that truck that's going to have the horsepower. I was listening to, we have a car show going on in the Wichita area this weekend or the next weekend, whatever it was. And it's one of the biggest ones in the entire state. And I was listening to someone, I can't remember who it was, talk about just the classic cars, the muscle cars, the antique cars, the beauty of them, not just the style of them, but the feel of the car, the sound of the car, the working on the cars. Now, I did not get that gene in my body. I'm not very good at working on I know how to change my tire. I know how to change my oil. I know how to do basic things if I have to. Not the best at it, but I could change an alternator if I need to. I know how to change the belt on there if I need to. Not that I want to or that I like to, but I know the basics. I may have the braided mohawk as the younger age, and they may try to lump me in as those crazy uh, millennials that don't know how to change a tire on the side of the road. I do. And we're going to try and change that perception of what the millennial generation looks like. I know, Not that I like to do it, but I know how to do it. That being said, there's an environment, there's a culture, there's a community of people that enjoy vehicles. Are we going to have that same type of feel when all the cars are electric and there's a battery in there where it doesn't make a sound? You don't get the vibration and the hum of the engine. You don't get the horsepower. I mean, the battery's strong. Don't get me wrong. You ride in a Tesla, which I have. 
I mean, you can go, boom, you can go really fast, really, really quickly. But there's, it's not the same as feeling the gear shift. It's not the same as hearing the engine. It's not the same of revving it up. You can't sit there and rev it up at a light and try and challenge somebody. It's a completely different environment. And it's not just about the environment, but it's the power. It's the horsepower. It is reliable. We know how it works. The combustible engine is something that's been proven time and time again for, for what, 100 years now? Over 100 years? We know it works. We know how to fix things when they break. We know how to make things better and improve them and get them stronger. And yet, we're going down this road of the green environmentalism. And the big focus right now has, of course, been the auto industry trying to go with this electric vehicle. Now, at the same time, even after the shooting down of the Supreme Court of the United States and uh, that's uh, trying to limit the EPA's ability to just do whatever they want to do, they're now on a deadline. And they have about a year left to try and spend as much money as they possibly can through the EPA to go down this road of green environmentalism. According to the Washington Post, they're spending enough, roughly $27 billion through the EPA. The Republicans want to repeal that because, well, you know, we did run into a financial shortage just a couple of months ago. And the fact that we weren't going to be able to pay our bills. But yet the EPA has all this money to just spend on ridiculous projects because what they're doing is they're working on what they're calling now a green bank. And the green bank means they have $27 billion stored up in this quote-unquote fund or bank account where they have to spend all of it by September 30th of 2024. It's part of the Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> That's hilarious by itself, right? Hey, we're going to lower inflation by raising spending and spending it on really stupid projects. Oh, wait, I thought you lower inflation by actually cutting spending. No, no. No, you don't color, You don't actually cut inflation, uh, cut spending. You decrease inflation by raising spending and then just price everything out to where no one can afford it and no one can buy it. That's how you reduce inflation, by raising interest rates, not by stopping spending. How dare you do something like that? Yeah. But the $27 billion green bank is run by the EPA and they have to spend it by thir uh, September 30th of 2024. And what they're doing is they're looking at what they're calling the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, which will provide $27 billion of grants to states, territories, Native American tribes and other uh, entities and projects that cut greenhouse gas emissions along with air pollution. So if you cut it or find a way to cut, you're going to get a chunk of this money. This is essentially a COVID-19 relief funding project, but for green energy, if we find new fancy ways to cut your emissions within your community or within your state. Now, here's the kicker. The funds are there, but if they don't spend it, they have to give it back. And while that seems nice on this level, the, it's, it's good, but it's not. Because while that seems nice, okay, if you don't spend it, we'll just consume it back. We can apply that towards, oh, I don't know, maybe our interest on our debts that we have for the nation at 34 35 $36 trillion. But no, we're not, not going to do that. We'll spend it on some other stupid project. But this is the way government runs at a deeper level here on a very flawed economic system. My... Dad, for the longest time, had worked for the Colorado Department of Transportation when I was growing up. He was one of the guys that, during the snow, would actually run the snowplow. He would pave the roads. He worked for the Department of Transportation at the local, uh, managed one of the local sections where they would handle a certain portion of the highway. And they would have certain budgets from the state to buy 
things for the wintertime, like preparing the sand or the mag chloride, the magnesium chloride that they would store for the wintertime in preparation for the winter to be able to lay on the roads when it starts to get icy or snowy. The problem was is that they would get an allotment amount of money every year for these certain projects, and they would have to buy it. Now, looking at the weather and looking at the almanac for the year, they'd be like, okay, you know what? This is going to be a little bit lighter year. We may not have to buy as much of the mag chloride this year because, well, we can apply that money towards something else. No, no, you can't apply that towards something else. What? Hold on, wait a second. I don't need all that money this year for that amount of mag chloride. Okay, well, if you don't need it, according to the government, you turn it back to the government. But next year, that's how much you're getting again. And they say, well, wait a second, next year it's going to be a bigger year. We're going to need more of it, so we're going to have to have a bigger budget to purchase more to prepare for the year. No, you don't need that because you didn't spend that much the year prior. So either you go down to a lower budget every year or you find a way to spend that money and waste it and spend more purchasing the thing that you don't necessarily need just to make sure that you have that budget set aside again for next year. That's how government works, and that's exactly how this Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund is working as well, and through the Environmental Protection Agency and what they're calling this Green Bank. We have $27 billion to try and cut emissions. We want you to cut emissions, but if you don't cut emissions using that, or if you don't spend all the money, we'll take the money back and you won't get to do the program again, so find a way to spend it. Even if it's not running efficiently or properly, you still need to spend all that money because then you won't get your budget renewed to that level. And you know how government programs like their money. They will find a way to spend it. They will find a way to waste it. And remember, all of that money they're spending is your taxpayer money being wasted. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Wright, it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on another wonderful weekend of recapping your 4th of July celebrations across the nation. The green energy. Here's the problem is that we're going into some really warm stuff for the summer. Not because of global warming and how we're just raising the temperature of the world. <laughs> I know that that's a... That's the go-to. Well, Andy, you said it's getting hotter outside. Yeah, because it's summertime. So it's summertime, therefore the temperatures are going to be warmer. And while they may be warmer longer, look, we went through a really warm, hot streak in Kansas for the longest time without any rain since like May and we last year. At, after about May, we didn't get any rain. June, July, or September, October, none of it. We didn't get any type of moisture, and it was a problem, which is why we had some really bad drought conditions. Now it won't stop raining, and I'm totally okay with it. I personally, I love the rain. I love the storms. I will sit outside, and I will watch it downpour, and I will get watch the lightning hit just feet away, and I will be totally in, exhilarated and thrilled and excited about it. But that poses problems. In fact, the stations that I work for here in the Wichita, Kansas area, got hit by lightning this week. Direct hit, man. We're still recovering from that one. We're on the air. Everything's fine. But, man, the behind the scenes. Uh, we've had some fun work over this last week, so I'm kind of glad the week's over there. But with the heat streaks, we're now seeing air conditioners being shut off because you're not allowed to use that much electricity while they tell you to consume or consolidate the electric grid into more electricity. We don't want natural gas. We don't want coal. We don't want oil. We don't want any. We want everything on electric. Not going to tell you how we're going to power the electric, but we need everybody on the electric. Don't want to buy the gas with your vehicle. Go get that electric vehicle because that way you're more efficient. Now we're going to see people getting shut off. I mean, Texas, 
just last week, I don't know where, where they're at now, Texas was down to less than 5% of their electric reserves across the state because of how bad it was, how, how hot it was, and with how much people are using their ACs and running. Well, now we see, according to the Crimson.com, Cambridge. The city of Cambridge City Council has passed their uh, local Green New Deal policy that limits emissions from large buildings. What? I, I don't I don't understand. The Cambridge City Council passed their final component of the Green New Deal for Cambridge Monday, concluding that a year-long effort to enact a package of environmental policies long championed by progressive legislators and activists in the city, where eight of the nine councilors, uh, councilmen and women, voted to pass an amendment for the Building Energy Use Disclosure Ordinance that requires large buildings to reduce their emissions to net zero by 2035 or pay a compliance fee for making Cambridge the first known city in the U.S. to do so. So either a net zero in emissions or a compliance fee for a building. How, what? I'm confused. How does a building have a carbon footprint? <laughs> Can anybody explain it? Is it like the building of the building? Because I'm pretty sure the building's already built. This is like, did Diddy do it? Diddy, Diddy didn't really do it, did he? I mean, this is, the building's already built, so how can you make it a net zero to build the building if it's already built? If the tree fell in the woods and no one's there to hear it, did it really make a sound? If the building's already built, then do you have a carbon footprint from a building that's already built? Or are we talking about the efficiency of the utilities? In which case, we have a deeper problem here because what you're going to see is you're going to see them cutting off the AC units or the heater units during the summer and winter times, which means you're going to have overheating computers and electronics. You're going to have freezing electronics during the winter time and people getting sick, and you're going to wonder why everybody's out half the winter time. You know what we're coming? I sound angry today. I really don't mean to be angry. But you know what this is? This is a first-world problem where we have people that have run out of things to complain about. So they're just trying to find new creative ways to try and quote-unquote change the world and do something productive. And what they're doing is they're shooting down and killing off all the progress because while we may consume a lot of energy across the United States, we're also the most efficient at our technology usage and our energy usage. We waste less energy than any other uh, country on the face of the earth because of how efficient we've been able to make our system and they're trying to destroy that. Last half hour on the home stretch right around the corner. Stay here for the voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. You are clear. When reason meets radio, this is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it on the home stretch, baby. Last half hour of the show. Boy, oh boy, does it fly right on by way too fast. Way too fast. We could do so much more here. The government trying to consolidate the energy grid, trying to centralize it as they did the healthcare industry, and we can see how all that worked out. As they did the highway industry, we can see how all that worked out. As they did with the war on drugs, we can see how all that worked out. Now they're trying to consolidate the energy usage as well. So that way, I mean, Colorado or California was already trying to set the timers for like, oh, you can't take a shower more than five minutes. Hey, hot water, shutting off after five minutes, baby. The timer's already set. The government shutting you down. We're going to auto-set your uh, AC unit at 90 degrees in your house. So that makes sure, you know, that way you're not going to fry, but that way you're not using as much energy. That's the world we live in. Because remember, Joe Biden said it the best. He did say that he thinks truly that all of us in the, in the private market just trying to live our life, 
do our thing, bring the family, the food home every night for the dinner table, that we want government to take care of us. Remember that? Most people, the vast majority of Americans are hoping that their government just takes care of the problem. <laughs> and they don't have to think about it in detail at the kitchen table or at the dinner table. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I, I thought I wanted to do things myself. But most people just want government to take care of their problems for them. Don't worry about it. We'll do it. Our, we'll let the government do it. I just want to live my life and just enjoy and have fun and have a good time. Well, when we do that, we see more problems arise. For example, for example, and Chad, jump on the air with, with me for a moment here. Uh, I asked you briefly off the air, but have you seen yet the new movie known as Sound of Freedom? Have you seen this one? No, I have not. You have not. Are you want, Are you planning on it? Are you going to see it? I would love to go see it. I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to. Okay. All right. I saw that one last night, and I don't know if they're still doing it, so don't quote me if it's still a promotion they're doing or not, but Angel Productions is the uh, production company that put this movie on, and I think we got a free ticket to it. If you go to their website, Angel Production, whatever it was, uh, you can go, and they're trying to get 2 million free tickets out for people across the nation to watch this movie because they're trying to do that as representative of the 2 million children across the world or that have been human trafficked or sex trafficked or whatever the stat was that they were trying to bring awareness to in the fight against human trafficking. For those that don't know about this movie, Sound of Freedom, I did not know anything about it until like this week when they said that it dominated the box for, uh, the box office against the new Indiana Jones movie, which I do want to see the Indiana Jones. I don't know how action-y it will be when, you know, Harrison Ford's 90 years old and can barely walk anymore. That's why they killed him off in the Star Wars movie a couple years back. But I am curious to see another Indiana Jones movie and see if they uh, brought back the aliens from the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Remember that one as well, Chad? Remember the, uh, the Crystal Skull? That was fun. It still had the Indiana. I know it got bad ratings. Everybody hated it. I thought it was fun because there were aliens in it, and I'm glad they finally brought in the E.T. thing. But now... I was just young enough to remember all the snakes in Indiana Jones. Dude. Yeah, there's the snakes. So, okay, for those that don't know and have listened to the show for just a short amount of time, I do not have very many phobias in the world at all. I grew up in Colorado. I can deal with mountain lions. I can deal with bears. I can deal with just about anything. I can deal with an alien abduction, baby. Bring it on. I'm ready for it. I will not show you our real leader because <laughs> that's that's you're just going to be uh, disappointed in humanity. But I cannot deal with snakes. My number one ultimate phobia is snakes, which is convenient and ironic because I, for those watching the video stream, I literally have a, a rattlesnake uh, mug where I drink out of during the program here right in my studios. But... I my biggest phobia is snakes, and that was the hardest scene to watch. There are two scenes that are hard to watch in TV, and that is that one with Indiana Jones when he falls in the snake pit. And if you've ever seen the show Vikings, where Ragnar gets thrown in the snake pit, and that's how he dies, you ball your eyes out because he's the main character and you love him to death. And that's also creepy because there's a whole bunch of snakes. Nonetheless, I digress. The Indiana Jones movie looks good. Still going to watch it. We ended up watching The Sound of Freedom last night. And I warn you, highly recommend it, but I warn you to be prepared because it is a very deep one. It is a very tough one to watch. And it is bringing out the awareness when it comes to human trafficking. Now, the entire first hour, we talked about censorship from the government and creating this false narrative, trying to essentially start lies 
trying to intentionally gaslight you and telling you you're crazy if you believe a certain idea. And they're doing that with this movie as well. What do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. They're literally trying to say that uh, child trafficking around the world is not as bad as what is being portrayed in the movie known as The Sound of Freedom. I don't know how they can do that. We all know that human trafficking happens. We all know that sex trafficking happens, and it definitely happens with children. We literally just went through a national investigation regarding Jeffrey Epstein, which we still don't know how he died. Allegedly, we use the air quotes on that. We still don't know what happened to him with the raid on the island that the media did not talk about with the people that went to the island who they did not disclose and reveal to the American public. And they just tried to wipe it under the rug with a major undercover sex ring of children going to an aisle, uh, island for pedophiles to go and take advantage of. Now, this movie, I'm not going to give anything away with the movie because it's new. So many people may not have seen this yet. And while I do recommend it, it is a very difficult one to handle because it does focus on the issue of child trafficking. The problem is, is that when I watched it, it didn't focus a whole lot on obviously the politics, but it angered me because I see things as a talk show host. I see them through a political lens and watching it through that political lens. It made me sad, but it also infuriated me with the boiling anger and hatred which you're not supposed to have, and I do my best to try and keep that calm, and we're going to keep this PG-rated on the radio program. Don't have to worry about that kill button there, Chad. But it infuriated me because as we watch this underground human trafficking ring, specifically for children, it brought me right back to the southern border, being there just a week or so ago, and thinking about the children that go up and through there and the politics that have been played from the Democrats on, we need to separate the families, put the children in these little uh, facilities, put the, put the adults in these facilities over here. We don't know whether they're actually family. We don't know whether they're actually related because now with them saying, Oh, illegal immigration's down. All they've done is they've expedited the process to where we can't properly vet people coming into the country. So we don't know whether the story they're telling us is accurate or not, because we don't have the ability to test and prove whether it is accurate or not. Meaning, children could be coming across the border with people that they do not know, that are not their family, with the intent to traffic them with these sums of thousands and thousands of dollars under their name to get them in here and work for the cartels later. Whether it's for drug trafficking, whether it's for sex trafficking, whether it's for other issues. And we know this, not only because of my experience at the border, but because of all the elected officials that have gone to the border as well. Ted Cruz just the last few months talking about what he's seen at the border and the bracelets that these children and others are wearing that are color-coded to show a reflection of what the cartel's doing with them when they get here. So I just reached down and picked up one. This one's colored white. This one's green. This one's yellow. This one is white. These correspond to the thousands of dollars that illegal immigrants owed the cartels. This yellow one in particular is quite small. It's worn by a child. It's not cut. The child's hand, she or he was small enough that their hand slipped out from under this. These are the incidents of human slavery. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are responsible for the worst 
plague of slavery in America since the Civil War. This child, don't think of these as pieces of plastic. Think of these as leg irons worn by slaves because this is a little child who is starting life owing thousands of dollars to drug cartels and trapped in involuntary servitude. Now, I played that clip. By the way, that was from uh, the Forbes uh, magazine YouTube channel with that interview from Ted Cruz just a couple of months ago with him being at the border. He did it again at the ending of Title 42 a month or two ago and him along with Senator Roger Marshall from here in Kansas when they were both down at the border holding their press conference. The reason I play that and I bring this up is because that's exactly what went to my mind when I watched this movie, Sound of Freedom, and fighting human trafficking, especially for the children. Now, here's the crazy part, because even if this wasn't as big of an issue as what some try to portray. The fact that a single child is being trafficked, is disappearing, is being used for um, adult activities in any way, shape, or form, that we have that many sick human beings on the face of the earth is very troublesome. And the fact that people put up their guard and just put their blinders on and completely ignore it is honestly scary and pathetic that they don't want to address these issues because there is a now a piece now that the fact that sound of freedom is blowing up in the box office showing by the way that the vast majority of americans want to address certain issues they're concerned about certain issues they want to see a good based uh, faith-based or morally based movie or some type of message from uh, jim caviezel for those that don't know the guy that played jesus in the passion of the christ he's the main character in this one that's based on a true story of an agent that tries to save some children Here's an opinion piece out of Rolling Stone magazine. How much time do I have? I got about 30. I don't have enough time. I'm going to read this when we come back. And I didn't want to wrap up the show on such a heavy note in the last segment, but we're going to do this. I'm going to read this story when we come back because this is the gaslighting, the blinders that the progressives put on, because if it's an issue that we need to address that Democrats are aiding and abetting right now by allowing an open border policy, they don't want to acknowledge it. And they go to, to the extent of not only just not acknowledging it, but actually just saying it's not even happening because it's too heavy for them to address. And it goes against the policies that they've been advocating for because they're allowing it to actually happen even within the U.S. borders. We're on this when we come back. Stay here. You're clear. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Last segment here as we wrap up our weekend edition here in The Voice of Reason. Golly, it goes by way too fast. And I really didn't mean to get that heavy today. Chad, jump on real quick one more time with me here. If I, if I sounded angry tonight, I got a little fired up on a few issues, but I usually don't like to be that angry. <laughs> no, not at all. I think you're just out there telling the truth. Okay. Well, I mean, sometimes we got to go a little, a little passionate. Got to show that emotion a little bit, especially with this one, uh, because if you haven't, again, highly recommend it. The movie Sound of Freedom. It is in theaters now. You might still be able to get free tickets elsewhere. They're looking to try and get two million people in there with free tickets across the nation. And it was an amazing movie last night. Very, uh, very heart wrenching. It was uh, inspirational. It was uh, definitely an awareness issue. Now, I want to preface this by saying. Again, the gaslighting the progressives do that when something doesn't fit their narrative, 
when they don't like to think something's going on. When Donald Trump said that bad people were going across the uh, southern border, meaning like, I don't know, MS-13 or other gang members or the cartels or human trafficking or drugs or guns or whatever else, fentanyl. When Donald Trump would say bad things were coming across the border, they didn't like that. So they'd have to turn it around and say, oh, Donald Trump's racist against Hispanics because he doesn't want brown people coming across the border. That's how stupid their arguments are. So this movie comes out, an awareness on human trafficking, an awareness to say, hey, watch your children. Don't trust a lot of people, unfortunately, in public because you never know what's going to happen. They literally started off with showing people snagging kids from the hands of their parents out in public, which is just devastating and irate beyond belief. And here's what we get from the Rolling Stone magazine as an opinion piece by an individual by the name of Miles Klee. Here's a headline. Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. Oh, yes. Here's what they say. The QAnon tingled thriller. Oh, the QAnon. For those who don't know, the QAnon, the conspiracy theorists that say Donald Trump was part of a higher group to expose all the pedophiles that are like 80% of the government didn't quite get on board with that one. They still say Donald Trump's president right now, which uh, that hasn't quite worked out for their flavor. But okay, whatever. The QAnon tingled thriller about child trafficking is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy-addled boomer. The familiar words had appeared on the screen, meaning based on a true story, and an elderly man had taken upon himself to read them out loud to the rest of the sizable audience seated for the matinee showing of the anti-child trafficking thriller known as Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel for the seasoned moviegoer. This phrase is a joke. We know the cinema will stretch almost any quote-unquote truth to the breaking point, and the rank insincerity of such pronouncement is the foundation of prankish opening titles of Fargo. But this crowd, I tell you, would view the events depicted over the next two-plus hours as entirely literal. Caviezel, best known for being tortured to death in Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ, has become a prominent figure on the conspiracy right giving speeches and interviews in which he hints at an underground holy war between patriots and a sinister legion of evildoers who are harvesting the blood of children. It's straight-up QAnon stuff right down to his use of uh, catchphrases like the storm is upon us here. He gets to act out some of that drama by playing a fictionalized version of Tim Ballard, head of the anti-sex trafficking nonprofit Operation Underground Railroad, and a feature film in the cast that uh, operator as Batman-styled savior for the kids that sold into sex trade. Okay. This is the level that they're at. Now, I forget, and it was brought up during the live stream, and it makes a good point, that just like the gun argument, if it could save one life, that's the argument they use, if it could save just one life then it's worth implementing anti-gun regulations and repealing the Second Amendment, taking firearms away from the nation, right? That's the argument that they use. If it could save one life. But according to them, making a movie, bringing awareness to human trafficking, especially for children, for sex slave across the nation, across the world, is a QAnon conspiracy-riddled movie because either it doesn't happen at all or it's so rare it's not even worth talking about, in which case I would say... Again, we need to be radio appropriate here. To heck with you, because one child, it's not okay to have in the trafficking rings. If you just want to look at basic numbers, USA Today reported that according to the International Labor Organization, more than a million children are exploited each year into the commercial sex trade. 
and more than 10 million estimated children around the world are surrounded by violence, abuse, threats, trafficking, end up going missing, or taken far from their homes on a yearly basis. 10 million of them, with between 1 to 2 million children being in the commercial sex trade every year. And they're saying, don't worry, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. This is just a bunch of QAnon conspiracy garbage. Don't pay attention to it. The reason they say that is because they know what's happening at the border. And unfortunately, it seems more and more and more like our federal government seems to want to be complicit in the act as well. That does it for this weekend. Everybody have a great weekend. We're back at it here on The Voice Reason again next time. Until then, be your own voice of reason. We'll see you on the radio.